the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. How are you doing today? What do you want to talk about today? Typically, I start with a little market commentary, which kind of gives some perspective. Um, every now and then, I want to go a different direction. So I know we're going to have different listeners at different times of the day. And again, I always want your feedback. Got a lot yesterday, which I was really pleased with. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Sometimes I try to, I'm not going to say say controversial things, but I want to say things that kind of wake you up a little bit. I'm shocked by how many people don't save for retirement. And again, it's just, it's, it's your decision. There's no doubt about it. Um, I got an email yesterday from a guy who... He was pretty content to say, well, since I'm not going to be able to buy a house, I might as well buy a nice car. So he wants to spend $65,000 on a car. And he's looking for my approval. And I'm like, what show are you listening to? Because I'm not going to get my approval on that. Um, I throw that out there because the guy's essentially making a decision that could go one step further if you want to you know, read between the lines. Well, since I can't save money for retirement, I'm going to buy a nice car. Um, and that's just, it's, it's a little disappointing So uh, to see, because again, I think people are going to be surprised at how bad retirement's going to be. A lot of Americans struggle to make ends meet, and I get it. And sometimes you have to make choices, and sometimes that creates a lot of marital stress. Um, because of the job that I do and because of the friends that I have, I, I, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty blunt. I'm kind of a jerk at times, right? So I get to see a lot. And what I see sometimes is horrific. I've got a friend right now who's getting ready to move, take her kids out of a school system that she loves, take her family out of an area that she loves because her husband ultimately didn't work for six out of the last seven years while he was 
he worked. He was a great father, and he did his very best to start a company. And this company never got any traction. Uh, great concept, but it never got any traction. And, you know, there's a kid out there who's like 16 who comes up with an idea called Curb Cans. And it's a business where, I guess, kids in your neighborhood will come take the cans, trash cans from your house and put them out on the curb every trash day. And if you forget, that's great, right? So this little kid could come up with a business, but this guy couldn't get any money from his, and he had a much better idea. And that stinks. So they lived on credit for five, six, seven years. Now, I didn't know you could live on credit for five, six, seven years. Um, but I guess you can get 80 credit cards. I remember a few years back when I first moved to the Bay Area, my realtor showed me her credit card portfolio. And she had a book. You know how you have, used to have, like, books for CDs? And you'd have, like, 100 CDs could fit inside it. You'd throw the case away and just slide it in a little plastic area. She had a book of, like, 80 credit cards. And she was all proud of it. And I was like, just hope, hopefully nothing ever slips. Because I know people, realtors right now, who are great. But they've only sold one house. And you look for the year. You look at the calendar, and it's it's August, right? Times have moved on. A lot of Americans struggle to make ends meet, and I get it. Um, sometimes there's some ramifications to that, though. Um, a lot of marital stress, right? Uh, trying to dig out of $10,000 of credit card debt, $20,000 of credit card debt, $30,000 of credit card debt can be brutal you got to live within your means, and that's how you don't get into trouble. And if you don't have income, you don't go out on nice vacations. You don't go to Guns N' Roses concerts. You don't contribute to the problem if the income is, is not ideal. you got to teach your kids, ultimately by example. When they see mom and dad being wise with money, they'll grow up to be wise with money. Um, if they learn how to watch prices on Legos, then they'll learn how to watch prices on stocks. If they learn how to watch prices on Legos, they'll learn how to watch prices on whatever they want to buy down the road in life. They also know that sometimes they have to earn it in order to get it. And you have to save money and you have to give money away to charity. You need to reach goals, you know. If you want to go on a dream vacation, it's not just like, where are we going to go this weekend? Where are we going to go for Christmas? Where are we going to go for Thanksgiving? Um, sometimes you have to just, like live within your means. Uh, be content with what you have. Uh, you know, I haven't had a car last on 150,000 miles ever. I can't imagine trading one in with, you know, 100,000 miles on it. I just can't imagine it. So I like having cars that are paid off and you don't have that monthly payment, it feels pretty good. So you want to be able to give generously when you're doing all this. So you reap what you sow, whether you teach your kids how to go and do charitable events, like helping out at um, animal hospitals. It's, it's, I think it's pretty important to give your kid that kind of grounding 
and living within your means. Financial confidence. I think there's something that a lot of people don't have a lot of is everyone should have some financial confidence. And yet sometimes confidence has to be built up. Um, when there's a market correction, and there will be another one. I remember in 2000, you know, all the 1990s, the NASDAQ went higher, stock market went higher, S&P 500 was higher. Everything was higher, 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 higher. And then 2000, and you would like you would love to get your statements in 1988, 1999, 19, 2000. And then 2000 hits and a big correction comes. And it's ugly. It's not ugly like one month ugly which is kind of all we really remember right now because it's been seven years since we've had a big correction but when that big correction comes it's a year and a half and you look at your portfolio and you're like I don't even want to open my statement I'm just going to go electronic statement so I don't ever have to see it again and you almost want to vomit and that is so unhealthy uh, you have to have the confidence to open that statement in good times and bad times. When you feel confidence, it helps lead to success. And when you have a budget, when things are down, you don't have to panic and sell stocks at a low. That's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Um, everyone should be saving for their future. 5%, 10%, or 15% of your paycheck. And if you're not, hopefully you have a skill set that you can work until the day you die. I saw John Saunders, ESPN sports reporter, died at 61. He worked his whole life. He had a skill set that probably sometime in the next five, six, seven years, as he grays and slows down a little bit, that ESPN would have said something along the lines of, we want a smaller, skinnier, faster version of you. Um, so you want to save for your future, because at some point in time, your employer is going to say, we don't want you. Your employer is likely going to say that. And then ultimately, I think the, one of the things I could teach you about, you know, becoming successful in, with money is cut down the stress. Live beneath your means and you'll, you'll be less stressful. You won't have, like, fear of, like, my next bill's coming. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, in investing, I don't think you want to be right. I think you want to learn how to compare. And, you know, I've talked about how when things get bad and ugly, you gotta, you got to be willing to open that statement to see how bad and ugly it is. Um, that's one of the reasons sometimes you should buy companies that you feel comfortable are going to be around the day you die. There's a company out there called Tesla that I don't know if it's going to be around the day I die. I know it's very exciting. I know it's very cool. I know it's very chic. They've got a CEO who says things like, we have to get off the planet Earth, otherwise... 
we're all going to die. Because at some point in time, the sun consumes this planet, or our planet goes hurling into the sun, so I've been told. Uh, I'm not a scientist, so please don't quote me on that. Um, but Tesla, there's one analyst out there, a guy named Mark Faber, who's he writes a report called the Gloom, Boom, and Doom Report. He can be very bearish on a stock. And he said, what they produce could be produced by Mercedes, BMW, Toyota, Nissan. Anybody in the world could make it eventually at a much lower cost and probably much more efficiently. And the market for Toyota and these large automobile companies is simply not big enough. But the moment it becomes bigger, they'll turn on the switch and be competition to Tesla. I'm worried about Tesla's cash burn rate. And when you burn so much cash and you keep going back to shareholders and asking for more, you dilute them. So you should be able to have opinions, both positive and negative. You already heard me say they're cool cars, right? I get the story of it, but the fundamentals I don't like. So the short term, it could be a play in any direction. In the long term, I, I think it's a problem. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Tackling some of the bigger financial planning concepts, let's talk a little bit on the 401k to an IRA, main reasons why you would roll over your 401k. I guess that's when you're leaving a company because we're rolling it over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've left a company or you've retired. Let me let me get a couple of reasons out of the way on why you wouldn't do it. Okay. Because we can't just ignore those. There are certain times where you know you go to somebody that's trying to sell you something, they'll always tell you to roll it over. But look, if you retired early and you're over 55, a lot of 401k plans allow you to take withdrawals before age 59 and a half, between age 55. So as long as you've separated from service and you're over at the age of 55 or over – you can take withdrawals from the plan without paying the 10% penalty. So early retirees may need to do some planning and leave some of the money in the 401k to access it penalty-free. Um, the other situation is if you're facing a legal issue, major lawsuit or something like that, you might be better served in the 401k. Other than that, a lot of people say, I'm just going to leave my 401k there because either I don't have time to deal with it or – the investments are performing fine. Well, in a rising market where the S&P 500 is up double digits, everything's performing fine, right? Right. And you can always find those funds or even a cheaper version of those funds at a brokerage firm. You can open up an IRA at TD Ameritrade or Schwab and get those same funds there. Don't you bring in some potential risk of uh, now you've lost that professional guidance or now you've lost that professional structure and you have to recreate your own structure? Well, if you've – no, because typically nobody's moving the money for you. You still have to pick your own choices within those funds. And a lot of smaller employer plans have hidden fees that the employee doesn't see. They're supposed to disclose that now, but nobody reads it. So you might have what looks like a well-known no-load fund, but it's inside of an annuity contract with an extra 1% in annual fees. So get it. And it's so hard. When people end up with three or four different 401k plans and IRAs all over the place, they don't know what their overall asset allocation or performance is because it's everywhere. Consolidate it all into an IRA. You end up with better investment choices, lower fees. You can have the ability to convert to a Roth IRA if that's right in your financial plan where you pay the taxes now in exchange for a tax-free account for the rest of your life. Also, IRAs do have that kind of better emergency access, Rob, if if you know people are laid off, for example. Sure. Um, if you're using the funds, there's certain rules that apply, so you got to look this up and deal with a tax advisor. But if you need to pull money out without 
for to pay for things like health insurance costs or higher education costs. There's ways to do it without paying the 10% early withdrawal penalty on IRAs where there's not with the 401k plans. Uh, I've also seen people that retire and they have their 401ks, a couple different 401ks left at the places they used to work for. And I've seen those companies, they go through a takeover, a merger, or the plan is suspended because something's gone wrong in the plan. And all of a sudden, you know, they're taking withdrawals out of the IR, the 401k, and they're having to call to do it. Yep. And all of a sudden, they go through a 90-day blackout period where they can't do anything. And then what do you do? So easier access to retirement. A big one, too, for older people where they really need to get out of the 401k and into an IRA is that at age 70 and a half, you're forced to take money out of your retirement accounts, whether or not you want to. Now, if you had 20 different IRAs, you could calculate your annual required minimum distribution for all of them and take it out of just one account. If you have money in 401ks and 403bs, you have to satisfy each different account. And a lot of people have been getting a 50% penalty because they calculate their 401k into their IRA, calculate their minimum required distribution for their 401ks and IRAs together and just pull it out of the IRA. That's not satisfied. You just shot yourself in the foot, and you have a 50% penalty on what you're supposed to take out of the 401k. So get them rolled over. So there's a lot of reasons to consider rolling over a 401k to an IRA. We just went through many of them. Um, better investment choices, lower fees, ability to slowly convert to a Roth, a little emergency access in case you need it without that 10% penalty, and easier access at retirement. If you want to find out more about Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocus. Financial.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Again, it's Chad Burton. You can find him at NewFocusFinancial.com. And from just talking with Chad and from an earlier segment, you know, I told you one of my friends, one of the families that I know kind of failed where the husband didn't earn income for six or so, seven years and lived on credit. The credit card is failing and there's some problems going on there kind of thing. Um, one of the mistakes they made was they did have savings from their 20s and 30s in 401ks, and they pulled from those, and you forget that you have that penalty tied towards the 401k, and it makes the problem even worse. When you're $150,000 in credit card debt, you're going to go bankrupt. There's no way around it, in my opinion. You should go bankrupt. Um, and I hate saying that because I, I think I'm conservative in my head where like, don't spend what you don't get, have, you know, um, bankruptcy is, is for losers on a lot of levels. I think that, and then I go, a lot of bankruptcies happen because of medical costs and that's not a loser. In this case, you know, the couple, you know, they beat the system, you know, they lived off car credit cards for way too long. Um, but they should go bankrupt and not take out of the 401k because now they're going to have to go bankrupt. And they're going to have nothing saved. And that only makes one problem into two problems. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the headlines that I saw recently, 
was that a stock is sliding after reports it's under criminal investigation. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll happen. Um, and there should be little rules in your head that you hear on a regular basis. If a company says that they're going to be under criminal investigation, you should sell it. That's, that's a big problem. If a company says it has to restate their, their financials, I'd sell first, ask questions later. That means we don't know what the company's worth. And that's, to me, a bit of a problem. Anyway, um, college students, this is, you know, always focusing on money. And, you know, there's there's some statements out there, like take a year off, transition year from high school to college, and I get it. A little bit of time to grow up, a little bit of time to, to relax. Some people take a year off after graduating college. Some people take an extra two years to graduate college. That's the one I don't get. Completing your bachelor's degree in six years instead of four could cost you about $300,000 when you factor in tuition, loan interest, uh, foregone income, retirement savings. So there's real costs and there's opportunity costs. And I think it's important that you kind of start playing with that concept of opportunity costs. Real costs include out-of-pocket tuition and the interest paid on student loans um, over 10 years. Opportunity costs could be you know, that entry-level income, that first job that leads to a second job. It could lead to two more years of, you know, your 401k maturing. So let's say the market goes up 10% in those two years. You just lost two 10% years. And the market goes up seven out of 10 years. Taking one year off to complete your bachelor's degree, um, you start playing with the numbers, $147,000 at a public school, including almost $18,600 in tuition, uh, $46,355 in missed income, $82,000 in compounded retirement savings. Um, two years off just makes it even more of a headache and more of a, a nightmare. Let's bring on Tony Mendez and talk a little real estate to see if we can get another angle on saving and investing. Joining us now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Talking real estate, talking lending. Um, just got an email, Tony, from a property manager on one of my rentals. And she asked the question, your lease is expiring in June. Um, great time to release your home. The tenant would like to stay until December 31. That's when her retirement has been delayed to. It puts me in a dilemma. It puts me in a yeah. quandary, right? Well, you're in a good position to begin with because you're using a property manager who can help you Say, give you some statistics. What are the percentages, uh, or is it higher percent chance I'm going to rent in June than in December? Probably more in June than in December because people are starting to shuffle things around for the summer, sure. finding schools and families, things like that. Although people might be out for summer, so this is some questions that you're going to want to ask your your. Keep in mind, this is a single manager. single family home. Yeah, um, it's not luxurious. It's probably not going to attract a family as much as it's going to attract independent professionals. Who might want a roommate kind of scenario. Um, now, on the other hand, I have a rental. My lease is always, for the last nine years, has been up on J- February 1st. And okay. I haven't had any problems renting in okay. February 1st. So it's all about your property manager. Since it's out of the state, it's something that you have to rely on that property manager to give you the right information. So I would recommend you just talk to them and figure out what the percentages are for success. This is a rental in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. and. Every time you look at the fastest growing cities in America, 
every time you look at the lowest unemployment, it's in Raleigh. Yeah. You know, it's a name that constantly pops up. Mm -hmm. They, Seattle, Oklahoma City, um, Houston, Austin, uh, Denver, all the cities where young people are going to. So I'm thinking, and again, this is that's the damnation game. I'm thinking I could probably rent it. I love the tenant. She's been no problems, no poop on the walls, no marijuana, no. Here, here's the other side of the email, and I, I can see it here, saying that she's she's her retirement's been pushed out. So now, if you kick her out in in June, she has to find a place temporarily for six months. Yeah. Um, at the same time, um, she may want to re- renew the lease in December after she retires. So there's some things you may, you may want to t- have them talk to the to your renter and see if there's a uh, you know, some something you can compromise. Maybe say, you know what, we'll renew it for two years and see what she says. Yeah. So I, there are some options that you can do here. And here's the other angle that I don't like at all is my property manager's contacting me saying, like, hey, look, I know that I get a whole month of rent every time I put a new person in. She's not, I mean, they're not that. But there is a little bit of that going on. There's a little bit. I mean, they're definitely in, in the business to make money. Yeah. And keeping the houses rented are... It's going to produce cash flow yeah. for them. Yeah. And see, I'm thinking, do I have more money this June? Do I have more money at Christmas? Because when that tenant goes out, new paint, new, a lot of things are going to go into it to improve it. Now, well, there's another thing to consider as well. If, if you renew it, are you going to raise her rent? If you get a new renter, That's can you true. raise the rent? That's true. I gave this woman a sweetheart deal on the rent when the economy was stinking. That's why she wants to stay then. Yeah. yeah. So I could easily charge an extra 200 to $400 a month. You know, uh, Raleigh's uh, been on the top of the list as far as rents. Uh, one of the stats that I look at is uh, rental co- uh, cons- multifamily construction in the United States, and Raleigh hit the top of the list in the top three. Yeah. Um, there was a huge percentage increase in the construction of rental apartments. Um, so there's a need for rents, rentals. In, in, you yeah, know, I, the, the t- what is it called, the uh, triangle there? Yeah. It's called Technology Triangle or something like that. Yeah. And and you're not too far from there. So you have a desirable property, and you're near the freeway. Right. So there's some good things that you have about the property that can command more rent. So I, this is a tough one for me. you got a lady who wants to retire. You've had her in there for a while. You're going to screw her over, basically, if you kick her out. I'm not screwing her over. I'm getting her below same, market rent. At the same time, you could rent, you know turn around and rent. It's a, what do you want to do? What BMR. Do BMR. It, I just made up a term, although other people use that term. Be be nice. What? Uh, below market rent. Uh, below market rent. Okay. Uh, so, ASAP, BMR, RB, call me, DM. Um, so, you know one of the reasons I bought in Raleigh? Explain it. I, I know why, but go ahead and... Because the girls there are 18. Oh, okay. I'm 18. I love that. I'm they... pretty sure my answer would have been quite a bit different. You know, uh, it's fantastic. Every time I go back to North Carolina and visit, it's 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 culture shock because they have grits at the restaurants. Grits, and um, I figured out why they lost the Civil War of the South because they talk really slowly. They think a, a bagel, I'd like a bagel and cheese, and they're like, "You want to eat a dog with cheese?" And they're like, "I'm gonna go get your breakfast for you," and that's how the na- the North took them over. <laughs> they just, they're taking too long to they explain. They talked him to death, right? No, it, while they were trying to explain that the soldiers were, you know, a mile away, the soldiers were in Marty marched on them. So, anyway, um, Raleigh, North Carolina, Durham, uh, the, the research well, circle. And that was a good investment strategy that you pulled. I mean, we were talking about this for several months, uh, places in the United States to, to 
uh, buy rental properties. Yeah. And again, it's something that I've talked about. People here as Bay Area prices have gone up. What are some of the alternatives where people want to still get into real estate? There's rents are going up all across the nation, and there's still good opportunities in many, many cities there's across no the United sh- States. There's no shame renting here and buying a rental somewhere else. We, we had a 1031 exchange guy on the other day explain why buying rental properties makes sense. As soon as you know, you have somebody else paying off your real estate, and then you we'll can talk transfer. About, yeah, yeah, let's we'll say talk that about that another show. day. I mean, it's there's there's many reasons why you buy rental property, but I, first time owners, property management because they'll answer questions like that for you. Absolutely, and um, that ties that up in a nice little bow. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He is a mortgage lender. He is my mortgage lender. He's done numerous mortgages for me. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. A lot of people ask me about, you know, various scenarios, and I think one of the big ones is is marriage, believe it or not. They don't ask me my advice on marriage because I don't think marriage is easy, and I don't pretend to give marital advice, but... Financial decision-making is a metaphor, in my opinion, for how you approach marriage. Is there a balance in the relationship of power, responsibility, opportunity? Does one person make all the financial decisions and pay all the bills, or do you share your financial decisions and responsibilities? I think it's natural for partners to gravitate towards tasks that they do best. Um, so I, I think marriage is kind of you know, fascinating to study from a, a financial perspective. Uh, the power of we, you know. In married couples, net worth increased 4% annually on average just for being married. So there's a dividend of being married. Um, you, you know, one rent versus two rents, one mortgage versus two mortgages. Health insurance, a lot of companies offer spousal health insurance benefits, sometimes at a lower rate. And that could be useful if your working spouse doesn't have access to employer-provided coverage. Um, so, you know, estate taxes... Unlike other beneficiaries, your spouse can inherit unlimited assets from you without triggering estate taxes. Potential taxes are deferred until the death of the second spouse. While the state tax exemption is already very large, the late spouse can pass forward any unused amount of their exemption to their surviving spouse. So there's a lot of positives of being married. With that said, I think divorce is obviously can be a financial ruiner. Uh, you have to look at things like the cost of moving, the cost of you know relocation, the cost of uh, two homes suddenly again instead of one, two sets of groceries instead of one. Um, divorce can be very very expensive. And the mistake that I see most people make is the home. Is you know, I've got a fr- not a friend. I've got an acquaintance that, oddly enough, I met. At a robot building contest, and uh, right after a robot building contest, and you know, later on he said, you know, my wife's divorcing me, and you know, he figured out a way to keep the home that was super important to him. She wanted all of the 401k assets and all the savings. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, you can be house rich now and you know, retirement poor, and she could have all the money without a home, and she's been priced out of a home in the last 10, 15 years. A lot going on. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Black now 
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black here, Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. I always want you thinking about investment concepts, even when you're, you know, driving and trying to kind of learning uh, new scenarios. Like, for instance, and this isn't like shockingly intelligent or anything like that, but um, when I watch on television, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's uh, football, soccer, hockey, I see how many people are, are paying for those events. It shocks me. Um, and because when I see how many, what people have saved for retirement, it's not good. So there's something, you know, I throw down, every now and then I'll throw down money for a nice ticket. You know, I will be the first one to tell you that I'm not the very best at not spending money stupidly. I hope not to be, and I usually am not, I, but I do splurge. It's usually on an experience, like a really nice vacation or a concert that means something to me. Um, it's not always, you know, uh, I know in the past I've, I've spent money poorly, say maybe on, a good example might be Vegas or something, good example might be like, uh, I once let... <laughs> I was meeting someone in the media who had written a really nice article about me. And uh, his name was Brad, and he was a TV writer. And uh, we go to dinner, and I'm like, yeah, let's get a nice bottle of wine. And I said, I don't really know anything about wine, so why don't you order for me? And the dude ordered a $400 bottle of wine. Um, that wasn't the time. I mean... Can I tell the difference between a $400 bottle of wine and a $300 bottle of wine and a $200 bottle of wine and a $100 bottle of wine and a $30 bottle of wine? Probably not. I think I've told the story numerous times before, uh, but probably haven't heard it in a long time. My very first girlfriend was a woman named Kim. I was a freshman. She was a senior. And my first date with her was a Madonna concert. And guess what? The BC Boys opened up. And I bought scalp tickets. Um, it was kind of nice. It was a, a, at the Meriwether Post Pavilion, so it was an outdoor concert. And uh, it was during the summertime. Beastie Boys were awesome. Madonna. Uh, so that was the first date, and I got my first kiss. And it was, it was lovely, but it was like $200 for the tickets. And I was scooping ice cream. I was doing whatever I could to, you know, earn money on weekends and such. Um, second date was... Her prom. And that was kind of cute because before prom, we, she taught, we practiced dancing and she taught, you know, she taught me, we danced and this is embarrassing to say too. She taught me how to fast dance to uh, wake me up before you go go. <laughs> that image is horrible, isn't it? Oh no. So that was probably another $300 between Tux, uh, a driver and, uh, uh, dinner. 
Third date was her birthday, which, and again, I'm, I'm getting a little physical experience. I'm like, I'm kissing, I'm dancing, I'm, you know, making out. Third date was uh, her birthday. I went to a jewelry store, and why a jeweler would give, you know, 15-year-old kid, 14-year-old kid access to $1,000 of credit is beyond me, but maybe it was not, maybe it wasn't a thousand, but I bought, I spent another $250 on a pretty cheap necklace. If you're going to spend $250, it's going to be pretty cheap. You got to start spending, you know, seven, eight hundred. You got to spend a lot more than $200 to get a nice necklace. So I go to our birthday party and it's at a lake and, um, a lot of people are there. I can't find her. So someone tells me she's in the lake. She's swimming. And as I get closer, there's a guy close to her. And as I get closer, she's making out with him. That's kind of when I got to meet her boyfriend. And, you know, here I am, easily $700 to $800 into this three dates where I don't know what the bases are, but I probably got to second base. Um, maybe a little more than a kiss, but not much. Um, like I said, making out. And uh, I think I got a hickey or something like that. <laughs> I'm pretty naive at this point in my life, right? So I thought, you know, throw a little bit of money. She was a little bit older. Um, I thought that you kind of had to not pay for love, but I thought, you know, impress her kind of thing. Had I invested that money, it would be worth about $60,000 today. Uh, because of the timing and because of the 1990s and how everything did so well, then maybe not 60, but it would have been done very, very, very well. Um, so just know out there that don't let love lead to stupid financial decisions. And like I said, we all do it. And I think it's okay as you get older, if you've maxed out your 401k that year, if you've put a little money aside, and maybe you don't have to do it on a calendar year. Maybe you could just say, oh, in the last 52 weeks, I've been pretty good. And I am, a, you know, I, I see Adele's coming in concert. <laughs> I'm not spending $1,000 on Adele or Beyonce. It's also, like, for instance, I'm a ticket snob. So I can't even do the $300 cheap seats because, to me, that's no fun to watch someone on a big screen TV. Uh, just stay at home. You know, get the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Um, so anyway, just know that everything in your life has kind of a financial ramification to it. Even your first girlfriend, even learning how to dance to wham. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.